When I was a teenager, I loved knowing and keeping secrets. It made me feel important. It made me feel special. It made me feel valued. But that's the best kept secret. Regardless of what or who you know, you are important. You are special. You are valued. This is your little dose of inspiration to remind you who you are and who you are. <laughs> it's me, Liv, and I am a student of the word, a lover of life, and your big sister friend, Auntie Mentor, who loves to talk and laugh even more. I am coming to you with some of the best kept secrets life has to offer. Let's talk. Hey y'all, we are back for another episode together. I am so glad you are here. I hope you're feeling good and I hope you're doing well. Last week, we talked about disappointment and it's my hope that you know that God can move in your disappointment or your discouragement. Rather, I should say, and your discouragement. I am here today to bring out another best kept secret, and we are going to have some guests soon, so stay tuned because I cannot wait to introduce you to them. But today I want to invite you to uh, just talk with me about waiting. It is the new year, and it's my hope that, especially after our last conversation, that your hope is revived, that your excitement, that your expectation, that your anticipation about what is going to happen in this year has been revived. However, <laughs> you guys know that's one of the things that I like to say. I also want you to remember to wait well. What are you doing today? What are you doing right now to help you wait well? <clears throat> you know, I have not always been the most patient person or the most present person. Whenever I was growing up, I always looked for what was coming next. When I was a little girl, I couldn't wait to be 12 because then you were a preteen. I couldn't wait to be 13 because then I was a full teenager. I couldn't wait to be 16 because then I would be able to drive. I couldn't wait until I turned 18 because then I would be able to move out of my mom's house. I could not wait to grow up and it only intensified as the time went on. I was never satisfied though. I mean, I was never satisfied. And the Bible tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. Since we have to learn how to be content while walking in faith. I believe that faith is the tension between the contentment you find in this moment and the expectation that you find with the future. It's the tension that reminds you to be grateful in the moment and to keep looking forward to the future, to be present with those blessings that you've been given while you continue to look forward. You know, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're rushing life, but 
I have a feeling that there may be someone who's listening that's just ready to get to next, that's just ready to go back to school, that's just ready to go to college, that's just ready for this season we're currently in to be over, for this pandemic to be over. And I honor that. I know that there's value there in that that disappointment, which we spoke about last week, can overwhelm your heart and make you look forward uh, to the future more than finding time to honor what's now, because it's so hard to see what good things are here presently. However, I want to leave you with a thought. I want you to think about something because this is something that the Lord impressed upon my heart last year incredibly intensely. And it's something that I am working to keep in front of me as I progress forward. He told me the best gifts are received through the ways you wait on the way to your blessing. The best gifts are received through the ways you wait on your way to the blessing. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, how have you been waiting for what's next? Have you been waiting by complaining about everything that you don't have? Have you been waiting by wasting your time scrolling on social media? Have you been waiting by daydreaming and playing video games without actually putting work to anything? Have you been waiting by having coffee after coffee after coffee with your friend instead of actually getting to work doing anything? What have you been doing while you're waiting. The best gifts are received through the ways you wait on the way to your blessing. Because as we said earlier, that search for what's next never actually brings satisfaction. The search for what's next never actually brings satisfaction because when you finally get there, You don't feel as if it's as fulfilling as you expected it to be. And you begin to search for what's next all over again. Sis, I don't want that for you. I want you to find the satisfaction. I want you to find the contentment. I want you to find the joy. I want you to find the wisdom that is here for you in this moment. Because the best gifts are going to be received through the ways you wait on your way to the blessing. How are you managing your schedule right now? What types of boundaries are you setting up so that when you do get downtime, you won't begin to fill it with even greater activities that are just as stressful, even if not even more? How are you building your character right now as you develop trust in in what God is doing? What scriptures are you memorizing as you ask him and wait on him to take you to that pulpit that you believe he has set for you for that appointed time? The best gifts are received through the ways you wait on your way to your blessing. How are you going to maintain 
that space? How are you going to maintain that opportunity? How are you going to maintain that gift once you finally receive it? If you don't develop the characteristics that will lead you to steward it well when you get there. All right, y'all know me. It wouldn't be a podcast with Liv without a story. And I have to share how God moved in his perfect timing through an opportunity I received recently that started eight years ago. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, but about eight years ago, a friend who was ministering at the church I attended called me up to tell me that it was time to write those books. And I knew that it came from God because I'd not ever told anybody how much I enjoyed writing or how many stories I'd written while I was growing up and that it had always been a secret desire of my heart to do just that, even though I didn't think that it could become a reality for myself. And I was really excited about that word, but he added on to it to tell me that it was time to build up my administrative skills as well. That was fine. I also enjoy administration, so it was all good. I instantly started praying about the books that God was going to lead me to write, and I felt a direction for the Colorfully Candid Diaries, of which I've released three within the series now. I have to tell you that I was writing, I was excited, and I was moving forward until the Lord put a nonprofit in my heart. My first response was absolutely not. No, sir, that is not for me. All I want to do is write. All I want to do is enjoy teaching while I write part-time on the side. And he very clearly spoke to my heart and told me that I could either do it the hard way or the easy way. And when God begins to speak that directly to my heart, I know it's not a game. <laughs> and I don't like I don't like hard things. I really don't. So I began to research and think about what it would take to found a nonprofit. I founded the Colorfully Candid Paradigm seven years ago. And within two years, a board member that I am definitely going to have to have on the podcast named Jackie began to pray with us. And then she said, God is going to bless this nonprofit through the books we write. At the time, there was only one book. It was just One Chance to Live Young, the first Colorfully Candid Diary. But we all got excited about the word thanked her for it, and moved forward. In 2018, I was praying for the Colorfully Candid Paradigm, and God told me that the next book we were to write was to be a devotional, and it was to be an anthology of devotionals with lots of different women coming into it to speak about their experiences and give their testimonies. And I instantly got excited about that because I just knew that it was going to be amazing. We made the steps to write the book and to publish it in 2019, but 2019 was actually one of the hardest years I've ever had in my adulthood to date. And I just could not finish the project. It was a lot more overwhelming and I did not have the emotional space to 
handle all of it. So I went on and kept it in front of me and kept praying about it. I will say that the number 2020 kept coming to my mind, but because God had given me this vision, I didn't want to sit on it. And I figured that the number 2020 kept coming to me because I just like round numbers. (laughs) You know, we published the book in 2020 and it was a blessing. It was a move that he was with from beginning to end and I honor him for that. But if I can tell you anything from that experience, it would be to wait on the Lord. Wait for his perfect timing. Wait and pray. Pray and wait. Wait and pray and work and pray and wait and work on that vision until he chooses to bring it forth. Because if we had really moved forward in 2019 as I felt that I should, we wouldn't have had nearly as many authors or some of those stories that made it so incredibly rich at that time. Why? Because there were people that I had not even met that were going to write with us in 2019. They, some of them did not even come and begin to um, work with us, partner with us, engage with us as a ministry until the end of 2019 and even 2020 more specifically. And I cannot think of what that book would have been like had they not been a part of it. I originally asked God for five authors and that included myself, but he surpassed all of my expectations and brought 22 women together because he was not only preparing my heart, but he was preparing their hearts as well. He was not only preparing my story, but he was preparing their stories as well. He was not only cultivating their boldness, but he was cultivating mine as well. And we needed one another in order to publish that book and ensure that it was everything he wanted it to be. When I tell you to wait well, I mean it. I could go on with story after story after story. And you know, I will definitely share those in the future. But he may have given you a vision that he's not chosen to release for years. You can either complain, grow envious of others whom you see walking in it, or you can choose to humble yourself, seek his face, and put in the work right now. Sis. Are you intoxicated? I mean, for real, are you intoxicated? (laughs) I know you're thinking, um, all right, sis, you know what? I might just go on and exit out of this podcast. It might not be for me, but I have a point here. It is absolutely possible to be intoxicated by substances other than drugs and alcohol. It is possible to be intoxicated by fear. It is possible to be intoxicated by worry. It is possible to be intoxicated by your concern for the future. To be intoxicated is to be under the influence of something that then 
alters your state of mind. Has your choice to grow under the influence of fear altered your way of thinking about the future? Has your choice to yield under the influence of your concern about the future caused you to feel anxiety? It is possible to be intoxicated by more than just alcohol or drugs. Let's talk about it in the word of God. You see, 1 Peter verses 5 through 11 read, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Since the word tells us to be sober-minded, not to be intoxicated by not your love for alcohol, not your choice of illicit drugs that may or may not be illegal, but because of your anxiety. It tells us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, he may exalt us. Humbling ourselves looks different for every person. For some, it could be choosing to resist that choice to be envious of someone who's further along than you and choose to come under their leadership so that you may learn from them. For some of us, it may be the choice to simply open up the word and imprint it upon our hearts through tools that help us to memorize it and learn it even further so that when we get to the place that we believe he's preparing for us, we actually have something to say and context in which to put it. We have to humble ourselves and trust that he knows best. We have to humble ourselves and seek his face to ask him how we can use this time so that we can prove ourselves to be good stewards at the proper time and maintain the place that he's bringing us into. But in order to do that, we're going to have to cast our anxieties on him. We're going to have to remember that he cares for us. We're going to have to elevate the God of the universe and the control that he exerts above our own desire to control step one, step two, and step three. We have to remember to be sober-minded, to be watchful, because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like, like, keyword being like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and he 
does that through our emotions. He does that by attempting to get us to believe that someone else has taken what was meant for us. He gets us to fall under his influence by causing us to question God's perfect will for us when we see him bless others. He prowls around like a roaring lion, but he is not a roaring lion. Our father, our savior, our Holy Spirit is the Lion of Judah, and he has no equal. Although the enemy would like to make us believe that he is just as strong and just as powerful as God, it is nothing but a lie. So remember that God is not human, that he cannot lie, as we learn in Numbers 24, 17, that he's not human, he does not change his mind. That what he says will always go forth as we learn in Isaiah 55 and 11. I want you to remember that the word that he has spoken over your life will come to pass. So you just have to use this time to resist that devil, to stand firm in your faith and know that there are others of us who are going through the same thing. Let's wait together because after we've suffered a little while, our God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory, will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. Let's make him look good, sis. Let's develop that patience. Let's develop that gentleness. Let's develop that kindness. Let's develop that wisdom. Let's develop that fruit of the spirit, that joy. Let's develop all of it in this moment because the best gifts are received through the ways we wait on the way to our blessing. You know we're not going to leave this space without praying. Let's get to it. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we bless you for how you have been with us today. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for the tension. We thank you, God, for helping us to find and express contentment and gratitude for what we have in this moment as we look forward to what you are doing in our future. God, it is our greatest desire to steward the blessings, the ministries, the businesses, the scholarships, and the relationships that you have given us well. We ask that you help us to get our eyes off of everything that is attempting to overwhelm us with anxiety and fix them on you. For your word is perfect and your word is true. That which you have spoken to our hearts will prevail. And so we can find peace within your presence as we thank you for it in advance and get busy about what you have told us to do in this moment. We refuse to waste any time. We refuse to waste any time envying anyone else. We refuse to waste any time 
thinking and dreaming of what is to come. We refuse to waste any time wondering when you're going to move. We refuse to waste any time complaining about where we are now and how little we have. Instead, we choose to get to work. Show us what we can do right now that will honor your presence in our lives. Show us what we can do right now that will bless us for where we are going. Show us what we can do right now to influence and show honor to those among whom you are moving as well. God, we are so grateful and we are so thankful that you are here with us in this moment and that you love us. We cannot get over it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, y'all, our time has come to an end, but that doesn't mean our conversation has to. Let's connect on social media. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and Clubhouse at Candid Live. And you can head over to CandidLive.com for exclusive content and a newsletter to sign up for so that you can continue to grow and develop. I am here to inspire creativity, confidence, and conversation in Christ Jesus, and I want you to know that you are loved. Till next time, talk to you later.